politics has never been stranger or more online, which is why the politics team at Wired is making a new show, Wired Politics Lab. It's all about how to navigate the endless stream of news and information and what to look out for. Each week on the show, we'll dig into far-right platforms, AI chatbots, influencer campaigns, and so much more. Wired Politics Lab launches Thursday, April 11th. Follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Adam! I I love you. Marry me. No. Uh <laughs> Travis. No way I'm topping that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did you see that there was a warning that the Dominion machines were vulnerable? To being hacked. However, a new report by the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency is highlighting some vulnerabilities with voting equipment. Megan, to be clear, there is no evidence that the systems were tampered with, right? That's correct, Danny. The report simply determined that vulnerabilities with Dominion voting systems do exist. All the state's attorney, uh, secretaries of state, were informed, and Dominion replied, hey, 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 it's all good. There's no vulnerabilities. Where have we heard that before? In the run-up to the 2016 elections? Yeah. Also, it was just a major plot point in in Ozark. (laughs) Money is, at its essence, that measure of a man's choices. (laughs) There was that crooked politician who was trying to, uh, you know, influence pedal at the price of having some machines be compromised. I think they said that before the Titanic embarked as well. So, Yeah, that's the sphere right there. So a federal review found that there were vulnerabilities in Dominion voting machines, but they found no record of vote tampering. Habeas corpus. I mean, that, that right. <laughs> doesn't mean, that, the, doesn't mean that, the, that it, it didn't happen. It just means they haven't found it. Right. Well, we also know from our good friend Harry Hursty, who is one of the yeah. top election experts hacking experts in the world that he hacked uh he hacked the die bulb machine in under a minute or something right very quickly very quickly yeah there's no question that these machines can be vulnerable we also know that there was an enormous effort made on behalf of uh, state and local authorities during the 2020 elections to make sure that these machines and their software were as safe as possible and we didn't see any real evidence that there was any hacking of these machines. I, I think certainly uh, 60 courts, plus attorneys general, plus the attorney general for the former president of the United States also said that they didn't see the problems in this. Of course, now you have the conspiracy theory movies coming out about vote mules and things like that, but anything can be vulnerable. That's the problem. 
I think one of the uh, main things here in uh, Oregon, where I live, is that we have universal vote by mail. And even if you don't get around to mailing it out in time, you can drop off your ballot at a uh, library or uh, several public drop-off sites. And they've gone over this time and time again and still have found no evidence of voting fraud. Uh, so I guess one of the main questions I have is why we need to be bothering with these expensive and uh, technologically vulnerable machines. There's no reason to have machines when we know for a fact that paper ballots are more secure. They're a physical thing. They can be they can be secured. They're a physical thing that can be secured. And the very nature of a voting machine is, that's digital, it can't be secured and it certainly can be hacked. Well, I think that you have to have a paper trail. Without question, there has to be a paper ballot. With the digital up. vote. With the with digital it. vote, yeah that there are very few states now, but there are some that have purely digital voting with no paper backup. I think that is extremely dangerous and it is open to various interpretations. And then it's open to those people who would claim that someone who did win the election didn't win the election. So it's always important to have paper backup. You know, in the last election, counties in Texas, Tennessee, Louisiana, Mississippi, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, and New Jersey are still using paperless machines. That's nuts. How do you feel? Well, Adam, all right, fine. You seem like you're not so freaked out about it. You freaked out about that? Oh, no, I've always felt that there should be a paper backup to the machine, without question. Now, Texas is the state, interestingly enough, that has the most paperless equipment. Uh-huh. In Makes Texas, sense. paperless equipment probably represent a third of the total voters in the state. Makes total sense. They're also very much in the business, I don't think this is actionable, of disenfranchising voters. I mean, they, that, that's that's one of the... The states that come up when people talk about strategies to keep Democrats out of the polls. Well, we do know that there was an order issued by the governor in 2020 to take all but one vote, uh, uh, to take all but one drop box out of the most populous county in the state, uh, which was disturbing. Was overthrown by a court, but well, uh, there, then there was like the the whole post office thing. I mean, I'm sorry, it's not digital anymore. But I did. I wanted, you know, it's worth mentioning that in Brooklyn, where I used to live, all of the mailboxes were bolted shut, and you couldn't drop mail into them. But out here in Connecticut, which is an affluent area, all the mailboxes are open. <laughs> so suspicious. I mean, no. it's it's beyond suspicious. It's it's underhanded. I think I can say this as someone who's a technophile. Usually if there's a way to uh, go about something in as high tech a way as possible, I will end up doing that. And part of that worldview is knowing parts where I don't think technology should be uh, incorporated. And I think that's the case with voting machines. I think that needs to be done the old fashioned way. I think that should be done in a way that um, there's absolutely zero potential for uh, hacking or any kind of... uh, fudging results or anything like that, even if that ends up taking longer. Yeah. A lot of the things that we deal with are um, that they're not secure, but they're more convenient and they're a lot faster. And I know that part of the uh, drama for election nights, even if it isn't a presidential election, is to be able to sit there and be able to know by that night, roughly, uh, who the winner is or who the winners are. But that's Adam's whole credo. Like, you know, instant gratification isn't fast enough. And like, you know, people's cybersecurity is most often hampered by either a, a need for speed or, um, or convenience. I, I completely agree that we should make it easier for people to vote because people should be exercising their right to vote. And if that's the case, then 
I happily accept the results of every election. But if you're starting to restrict people's right to vote and their ability to to show up either at the polling place or to you know cast a ballot through a drop box or something, then that is pretty terrifying. That's not what this is all about. Welcome to What the Hack, a show about hackers, scammers, and the people they go after. I'm Adam, Cyber Pitbull. I'm Bo, Cyber Cadaver Dog. And I'm Travis, Cyber Schnauzer. <laughs> and today you hear from us as we look over scam stories from our own histories, some of which are powerful, some compelling, some lame. <laughs> So here's the deal. I use Yahoo Finance. I use it to make money because it works, not just because they're a sponsor of the show. Heck, I've been using them for years before they ever called to become a sponsor. I do a lot of investing and I need to make split second financial decisions. And that's where Yahoo Finance comes in. I trade stocks and I trade options and you can't trade them in a vacuum. You've got to know what's going on. Yahoo Finance gives you the opportunity to look at the whole picture. I mean, breaking news, editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts. I love the customizable charts. They have it all. At Yahoo Finance, I'm part of a community of over 90 million users. You heard me. 90 million folks use Yahoo Finance because they're helping you on your way to financial success. Visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com, yahoofinance.com. Let's talk about weight loss. Most of us have been there, struggling with the ups and downs. You lose some weight, then it creeps back. But forget those endless cycles of juice cleanses, soup diets, and the latest fad workouts. There's a better way. The Rogue Body Program pairs a weekly weight loss shot with a real lifestyle change so you can lose weight and actually keep it off. Need support? Rogue's got you covered every step of the way. And guess what? You can do it all from the comfort of your own home. No more doctor's appointments, no more waiting rooms. It's that simple. Ready to take charge of your weight? Head over to row.co slash Adam to sign up today. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in a year. That's with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.co slash Adam. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash A-D-A-M. Adam's making faces at me, Travis. Keep it up. <laughs> no. I... You can sneer. I don't. What is that? What is that? That's face? that's my Joe that is face. like your angry that's sloth. My, my Joe face. Oh, it's your Joe. Oh, that is a Joe face. Hi, Joe. Wherever Grr. you are. So yes, dear. I thank you. I'm here, uh, Joe, and I wanted to ask you a simple question. And I know if Joe were answering, Joe Bianco is an old friend of ours who uh, was a storyteller like no other. He had great stories about getting scammed and we are on this show because of joe because bo i wouldn't know without joe 
for sure, if he were still around, he would be on this show. He'd probably be a, be a repeat uh, guest. So um, I know he has good stories, and I know I have some stories about being scammed. But I'm guessing, if I had to guess, Travis, yeah, Adam has been scammed, and he won't tell us. Yeah, that seems like a safe assumption. I think everyone's been scammed. He's going to say he's never been scammed. Like uh-huh. he's never said the he's never swore he never swore and he's never gone through a red light and he never speeds. You're kind of perfect. I'm kind of boring, actually. Oh, boring. get off of it, Vladimir. We know you're a hacker. What's the closest to becoming? All right, you've run for office. I have. Okay, now you're going to submit now to some interviewing. I'm going to interview you. Ready? First of all, I want to tell everyone that I'm feeling good about today because today America is back. We're back. Why? Why? We're back because I'm feeling good and we're back. That's it? Because... That's your whole thing? You're just feeling good? Gas prices are a little higher than they should. No. Actually, we're a mess. (laughs) 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 Okay, fine. So we're a mess. How about... But here's the thing. Everyone has gotten scammed somewhere or other. If you're going to say that in this shame-free zone, you've never been got, I just don't... I'll give you an example. When I was uh, in my 20s, you may remember this, Adam. Outside of Grand Central Station in New York City, 1990, well, probably more like 1990, there were all these dudes outside of the uh, 42nd Street when he came up that ramp, it was a taxi stop. They would accost you, grab your bag, and say they were going to help you into the taxi. They would put your bag in the taxi while you're having a panic attack that they were stealing your bag. Correct. And then say, you, where are you going? I'd say, wherever you're going. They'd say, that's 20 bucks. I'm going to go pay the, the driver because you can't trust the drivers around here. And they were very forceful in a way that you couldn't really say no because you felt like if you did say no, you probably were going to get punched or stabbed. So you'd say, yeah. And I did that once and I learned how to say no after that because the guy took my 20 and walked across the street. And I later learned that the taxi drivers were in on it and they got a cut of their take. And what would happen is you'd go chasing the guy and the taxi driver would go, don't chase him. He'll stab you. And so you just get in the cab. So you pay twice and then the cab driver. But it was a total setup with the drivers there and the dudes doing it. Well, and, it and it sucked. Travis so, and I were driving cabs, so we know. Well, <laughs> I, I got scammed that way once. So that's just like a simple example of a simple scam. You're telling me, Adam, you've never had anybody get over on you ever. Oh, all the time. No, you certainly did shift your tone there. Oh, you're a a co-host, so therefore you got one over on me right there. (laughs) But have you ever had any experience of a real... Oh, I had, you know, we we used to have one guy. Uh, I lived in the Upper Side, New York for a period of time. And we had a guy coming down Madison Avenue. And he would always say, you know, I need a few bucks, please help me. And... I always would. Did he have a sob story or did he just say, I need a few bucks? No, it was just kind of like, he was kind of a guy that looked like he was having a bad day. And, mm-hmm. but, and of course, Heather, my wife, who is 
wasn't my wife at the time, we mm -hmm. were dating, she would say, there is no way we're going to give you any money. This is after me giving him money over a period of time. She said, There's no. <laughs> she said, dude, your sneakers are better than ours. Your mm. silk jacket is better than ours. Mm -hmm. No, we're not giving you any money. But oh, he wow. still, he never stopped trying. And did you stop then or did you sneak it to him when she wasn't around? No, I stopped. No, you because did. Because I said, you know, this is dumb. Well, there was a lady, there was a lady in the East Village when I lived there. And this was 1995, who um, was, she, I never, I didn't, I'll tell you the, the thing I noticed afterward, but she had really dirty clothes and ratty shoes and she would be kind of crying and cringing and asking for money. It, it was, she looked mentally ill. And one day, uh, at a, in the evening, I was walking down East 9th Street, and I saw her not cringing, not stooped over in pain, uh, walking in sort of with a good jaunty step, walking into her co-op. <laughs> <laughs> so she was one of those, those legendary New York City panhandlers who actually make more money than people, you know, working stiffs. Are you sure it was her co-op or could she have been an employee working at the co-op? Oh my God. It was like in the usual suspects when Kaiser Sose has gotten over on everybody. And then he, um, you know, he walks with a, with a, uh, a struggling kind of gait and it, it, it gradually turns into a strut, um, you know, worthy of John Travolta and Saturday Night. Well, there was there was a guy also one time who came up and he was had his jacket slung across his back like, hello, I'm running for Congress, I need your vote. And he looked a little sweaty, his tie was somewhat down and he would say, listen, man, I'm, I'm a chauffeur and the car that I drove in broke down and I need a few bucks to make a call. Would you really mind? So of course I, you know, my attitude, yeah, I feel bad for the guy. Sure, why not? Two days later, same guy. I'm a chauffeur, my car broke down, would you mind? And I said, dude, if you're gonna out pan, if you're gonna be out here panhandling, <laughs> at least remember at least remember <laughs> the people that you suckered in. Did it, you ever see the not um a good look? <laughs> Did you ever see the old lady who um she was she was Asian and it was part of the scam? Uh, at the bus station on 42nd Street, um, she was always there. Uh, she was probably 152. And, um, and the reason it matters that she was Asian was she would claim that she didn't speak any English. And she would just show you that she had cancer on this you know, piece of paper like looked like a diagnosis. And, um, and then point to the hospital where she needed to go and then say, I, uh, money, money, money. And um, so I, I'm a natural born caretaker. So I was trying to take, I, I was, stop crying, lady. I'll help you. I'll help you. And I gave her 20 bucks and I left. And I felt, you know, maybe she was going to get to Mount Sinai. Maybe not. Who knew? Um, and the very next day I saw her there. So then I made it my business to figure out if she was there every day. And she was there every day. She was waiting for you to come back, darling. No, I never came back. They've since all moved on to GoFundMe.
Travis, I feel like Adam is giving us the easy ones. Have you ever had, like, has anyone ever gotten over on you in in cyberspace or have you just been totally ironclad in your protections? Well, I am so paranoid about cyberspace that I pretty much try to not get into trouble. You're a bit like the ping, like a ping pong player. Like, you know, they come at you hard and fast, but you're surprisingly agile. And... Um, my agility is you, you, and you and Travis. I simply take a picture of it. No, you do, you do do that, and that's how we discovered. That's how we discovered account padding. Remember? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, in, in, in my considered opinion, this doesn't look right. But you know, hey, I could be too paranoid, and you both basically respond, going, "Uh huh, uh huh, kill it." I feel like I'm the food tester for both of you that I keep on getting forwarded these links. Like, does this look uh, poison? Is there like, plutonium in this? Yeah. <laughs> That's why we lovingly refer to you as Cyber Mikey. There you oh, go. We do. <laughs> Cyber Mikey. When you're not around, we call you Cyber it's Mikey. Like, it's like Travis will, will tell us the truth uh, because sometimes we do tend to go a little overboard. But now we realize that our paranoia is justified. Actually, after having participated in so many episodes of this show, everything that we hear, I think, reconfirms the fact that perhaps our paranoia isn't even paranoid enough. Not even close. Now, Travis, have you ever... Tell the truth. I know you really are a smart guy. I know that from knowing you for years and years and years. Can you tell us your... You must have been... Somebody got over on you at some point in your life you've been scammed. Yeah, and this is not necessarily a cyber scam, but it does involve technology. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, like uh, both of you, this took place in New York. Uh, Wait, so does this involve you pirating software? No, it does not, actually. You used to do that. You were incorrigible. If you mentioned you, you paid a program... You me to do it. I did not make you do it. You paid me to do it. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's you true. You were pirating software for Bo? Yeah, if you needed, to, I would say like, oh gosh, I really need like, I really need Adobe, whatever. Hi, Adobe. Um, Travis would just steal it. How'd you do Pirated. it? Pirated. Yeah, he would go online and find find uh, a, a workable product code. <laughs> these no. uh, these uh, conversations are are in no way reflective of the opinion of this show or this organization. <laughs> this Obviously someone limited. is hacked onto our show and is masquerading as Bo and Travis. No, I was a criminal. And, and, I'm uh, a reformed and pirate. the statute of limitations is, is, is run out on it, except for probably maybe coercing Travis to break the law. Okay, so it wasn't your piracy. What was it, Mr. Tech Fiend? Okay, this was uh, the early 2000s, and I was in my early 20s in New York, and I was living with uh, five other guys that I went to college with in Harlem, like way, 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 way up in Harlem. Mm -hmm. um, it was not exactly uh, luxurious uh, accommodations. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is when you lived up by City College? Yeah. Gotcha. And uh, I really, really needed a laptop. Unfortunately, I did not really have a job yet up there and was just living off of a pretty smallish amount of savings, but I needed a laptop pretty badly. And I was walking along with my friend who was also a broke guy in his early twenties, who was also trying to get a job in technology. Oh, so, it was Jake. Yeah, it was Jake. Hi, Jake. From State Farm? Nah, it's just Jake the tech guy. Here's my dog. Yep. Guys, go to, go to bed.
This spring, get out there, enjoy the weather, and recapture the magic of riding a bike with electric e-bike. With an amazing variety of models built for riders of all abilities, it's never been easier to fall in love with riding again. Plus, every electric e-bike ships free and only requires quick, toolless assembly. This is my first ever e-bike, and the experience has just been great. I was a little bit intimidated at first because I hadn't gone biking in a while, but the 500-watt motor that the electric e-bike comes with really gives you a nice little boost, especially if you're trying to go uphill or pick up some speed. Data shows that e-bike riders take their bike out more often. That means... You get more exercise, more exploration, and wait for it, fresh air. And riding an e-bike isn't, like, it's not cheating. It's just making it possible for you to be out there longer on each ride. And speaking of things going a little slower, you can finance electric e-bike for as little as $49 a month. Get into spring with electric e-bikes, the number one selling e-bikes in the nation. Get your adventure started at electricebikes.com. And please mention that What the Hack with Adam Levin sent you in the post-checkout survey. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes dot com. All right. Come on, Travis, can you please spit it out? What happened? Okay, so there was a guy standing around. This was near uh, Union Square, and he was just like, hey, do you use PC or Mac? And I was just like, uh, uh, Apple, sure, what's up? And he said, oh, I just happen to have a laptop here and he pulled out a apple laptop box wow and it was brand new top of the line all that he was just like so yeah you can have this for 500 bucks if you have cash do you have cash now did you feel the box and did it feel like did it was it wrapped still uh it was not wrapped but it was in the box itself was in very good shape okay and this was just sort of the equivalent of you know dangling a cupcake in front of a starving person. I was just like, oh my God, I totally need a laptop. So I'm going to ignore the ethics here or what have you. Mm, mm. And tried going to an ATM and I was with Jake and uh, the ATM had a, I think it was supposed to be like 500 bucks. The ATM had a maximum uh, amount that you could withdraw. Um, I don't think there's a limitation of the ATM quite so much as my account. <laughs> and so I'm withdrawing cash and I was just like, okay. Um, and asked him like, hey, can you spot me a hundred bucks? And then that's when um, Jake's sense of greed kicked in. He was just like, I also need a laptop. And so he's frantically taking cash out of an ATM. And we're both just trying to see if we can, you know, argue this guy down or haggle to see which of us will get the laptop. And somewhere along the lines, I started to realize like, okay, this is completely suspicious. I'm about to hand some dude standing out on the street a wad of cash, a cash that I can't really afford for what, even if it is real, which I'm starting to get suspicious of, is most likely a stolen laptop. So I had mm -hmm. that initial little uh, burst of you know greed and desperation, which I know is, goes along with a lot of scams. And then so I was like, all right, can I see the laptop? And the guy was like, yeah, no problem. And he opened it up and it was something shiny, it, but like a little too shiny. Like it looked like it may have been a roll of aluminum foil wrapped up in a huge amount of bubble wrap. And I was like, okay, okay. It's like, can you take it out of the bubble wrap? He's like, well, I can't. He said, I can't do that uh, unless you pay for it. I'm like, well, I can't pay for it unless you do that. And without missing a beat, the guy just, you know, wrapped the box back up and then said to someone else walking by, hey, you a PC or a Mac guy? And that was it. But yeah, I had uh, gone far enough as to take cash out of the bank was getting into an argument with my best friend slash roommate about who, which of us would get this laptop. Both of us were frantically trying to get cash out of our respective accounts for it before I came to my senses. I bought a Air, AirPod uh, set of AirPod Pros 
for Ella that way in Union Square from a guy who appeared to be a junkie. And I thought, well, that's exactly who would have a bunch of stolen AirPod <laughs> Pros. And I bought it for a hundred bucks, which was quite a bit less than they retail for. And um, the everything checked out, everything. It looked exactly like an AirPod. It was, it was. so the only difference was on the inside of the, there's a little serial number, I think, and it was not in the right place. They were counterfeit. So the only problem was they did work, but they were probably like $15 earbuds. And yeah, I mean, imagine how I felt. I was like, here, Ella, here's some AirPods. And she put them in and she was like, I think they're fake dad. And I was like, no, just use them. They're not fake. I got them from a junkie because I'm a good dad. <laughs> and um, <laughs> they were fake. I ended up having to Actually, because she looked closely at him and said, dad, these aren't serial numbers. These are serial box numbers. No, but yeah. <laughs> They were, they, it was, it was a pretty good scam, but I am scammable. Like I actually am susceptible to it. You know, a perfect example again of another kind of scam. And I think you've all experienced this hmm. is you take your kid to the arcade, your hmm. kid's playing all the games, winning hmm. all the tickets hmm. and they have a goal in mind. And the goal is what's ever in that showcase and the showcase could look like something really cool. And you run up about 10,000, 12,000 tickets. Mm -hmm. You go and you get it and you find out that it's the earliest possible version of whatever that was. And you realize you paid $300 for something that for you could just thing. bought. For a 10-year-old thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, so listen, to kind of wrap this up, let's do a Rob Roundon. What? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, so listen, to wrap this up, time for our traditional round robin. Uh, you don't have to sing. Uh, I'll save that for the end. But what you do need to do is give me your thoughts on what's the one thing that consumers can do to avoid falling into the traps that we have I'm not going first. I'm not All going. right, I'll go first. All right, Travis, you go first. Okay, I'd say one of the biggest ones is just to be aware that you are fallible, unless you're Bo. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like a lot of people get a false sense of security because they say when, they, when they're hearing about scams, when they're hearing about people getting uh, hacked on this podcast or just you know out in the world, that assumption is that would never happen to me. And if anyone who thinks that it'll never happen to them or that they're too savvy or street smart to ever get scammed one way or the other is going to let their guard down and they're going to let their guard down a lot more often than someone who is acutely aware that they can be gullible or panicking or too lazy to update a password or what have you and i think just knowing i think knowing that fallibility on your end is something that will actually help keep you secure in the long run travis yes i've always thought you were cutely aware yeah i'm very cute and mm -hmm. aware and aware yeah my my uh what do I have to say about this? I have to say, you both are irretrievably mean-spirited dunkers of me, and I'm sad about it. But actually, actually, Travis and I worry when you start to say, "What do I have to say about this?" This is what I have to say. <laughs> this is like when I was in French class writing an essay 
I needed to figure out the maximum number of words that I could use so I could really wow the Okay, you got my number. My you got, you, as, as Angelica Houston said, you got my number, hussy. So I think it was her. Anyway, if I had to say one thing to our listeners, and I could only say one thing, I would say go slow. Whatever you're doing, go it was slow. Like, well, that's like dark was the night. The night was dark. How did I you, know? You told me to use because a lot I of words, so I used anything. a lot of words. <laughs> All right, what's yours, Adam? Mine is just that the ultimate guardian of the consumer has always been, is, and will always be the consumer. That was that a lot of words. Bus business isn't going to protect us, as yeah. they should. They try some of them. Many of them don't. Government has failed at protecting us, unfortunately. And it comes down to us. And a lot of us haven't done what we need to do in order to better protect ourselves. But at the end of the day, you know, when you look in the mirror and think you're looking at you, uh, and the truth is that a hacker is looking in the mirror and looking at Jay-Z and Beyonce and Adam Levine, because we all got what they want, uh, we have to understand that we are very valuable. In right. this world, it, enough of us like a botnet, like twenty bucks per person is, it's actually pretty, pretty, pretty lucrative. You can get you a pretty decent co-op in the village, yeah. Yeah, really nice co-op. <laughs> and we all have day jobs, and for these guys, we are their day job because there's a pot of gold at the end of the tunnel, and the more people that fall for something, even if it's something little, the bigger the pot of gold. Yeah, I mean, if you're making twenty bucks from three or four people an hour, you're doing pretty okay. Which is why Bo's doing pretty okay. He's out there every day mining those fields. He and Kenneth the Bear. Got to pay for that tractor somehow. Yeah, I it's agree. funny. The year when you said that was happening to you was the year I had a summer job paying four twenty-five an hour. So I'm thinking about if you're getting uh, twenty bucks even once every hour, or so you'd still have been making five times what I was making. Oh my, that's but that's my yeah. point. Is like you know, it's the scams that hit you for twenty or thirty or ten bucks. Those are the ones that you know. Uh, uh, Wealth by a thousand cuts. They, they, they add up. That is a perfect way to end this show. Wealth by a thousand cuts. And then you can cut to money, money, money. Money. <laughs> <laughs>
folks, thanks for joining us on this episode. And if you have a story like any of ours, hopefully a story way more compelling than ours, maybe you've been scammed, maybe you've been hacked, send us a message by going on adamlevin.com and seeing the big banner that's waving there saying, contact us, please. It'll be refreshing to get an email from that that's not in Russian, so. Yeah, da, spasiba. Belarish. <laughs> <laughs>